1: Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com.
2: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer-founded, queer-run, and creating size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies, so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. <clears throat>
1: Hello, and welcome to Savor, a production of
0: iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese, And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum, and today we're talking about sesame seeds.
1: Yes! And this was a suggestion from me, but it was a while back, so I can't remember why Ah. I suggested it, but I think it was because I had uh, seeds, eating seeds, on the brain, because I have a friend who has like a, I wouldn't say phobia, but she doesn't like to eat anything with seeds. Okay. She's got like a weird thought that they'll sprout up inside oh, of her or something. Oh, uh-huh, sure. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, just realized I didn't know where sesame seeds came from. And they're pretty ubiquitous. Yeah. And then I think I also wanted to know where the phrase open sesame comes from. Sure, Yeah. <laughs> Because I'm very curious about things like that, which we will get into in this episode. I do use sesame seeds and sesame oil quite a bit. Uh, I have had trouble finding sesame seeds during the pandemic, actually. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I just like sprinkling them on. Like eggs or noodles or anything like that. And oh yeah, no, they're
0: they're this they're a crutch. great seasoning. Um, and yeah, just a little bit of um, I don't have any uh neutrally flavored sesame oil in the house, but I do have some toasted sesame oil, and just adding a little bit of that to yeah. to other cooking oils or dressings or whatever. Oh, it's so it's just so good. Mm-hmm. So it, sesame is probably one of my favorite flavors.
1: It's delicious. And I think people forget that it's like you can be it can be in desserts as well.
0: Oh yeah. Oh things. yeah, that's one of my very favorite applications
1: of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose we should get to our question. I suppose we should. Sesame seeds. What are they?
0: Well, uh sesame seeds are wee little crunchy nutty oil packets. Uh the <laughs> <laughs> the, the sesame plant is a flowering plant that grows uh to between 3 and 6 feet tall about a meter or 2 in height and uh wa- uh leafy leafy green and will produce these um inchish long white to pink to purple flowers that look like giant snowdrops which will then develop um oblong seed pods that look a little bit like small okra. Um, each containing many, like maybe like a hundred, small flat seeds in pointed oval shapes, each with a thin skin containing an oily, solid interior. Uh, The plants grow well in hot, dry climates uh, once they're established. Um, It is an annual plant, botanical name, uh, sesamum indicum, The fruits go from green to yellow as they ripen and will eventually bust open, but you usually want to harvest them before that happens. Um, The seeds can range in outer color from white to golden brown to red to black. Um, Here in the States, uh, some heirloom varieties of sesame plants that you get may be referred to by one of the names that they came here uh, by via Africa, Bene, um, which apparently have a stronger and more bitter flavor than, um, than other. Other sesame seeds that you can just get at your local supermarket. Um, and sesame is indeed very oily for a seed. Like most seeds contain oils because it's part of, um, part of the little nutritional packet that a that a that a baby plant would need to get its start. Um, but yeah, different types and crops of, of sesame can range considerably from like 30% oil to like 60% oil by weight, um, averaging about 50%. But even that low end is high. Like soybeans are around 20% oil by weight for comparison. Uh, When you extract that oil, it's a light golden in color and pretty neutral in flavor. Um, If you've seen or purchased a a darker sesame oil, that's been toasted and it's more highly flavored. It brings out a lot of the nuttiness in the oil. Um, The seeds can be used in lots of dishes. Yes, both savory and sweet. Um, And because they provide a pleasurable crunch, especially when toasted, they're, they're frequently used whole as a topping on savory baked goods, as a coating on donuts or mochi or dumplings, um, as a sprinkle on, on anything, noodle dishes or salads, or in making candy. Yeah. Also baked into goods whole, uh, they can be ground into a powder or paste and used in soups and stews and sauces. Um, you can hull them and make them into condiments like tahini. The oil can be used in cooking or as a flavoring um, and is also used in cosmetics, personal care products, pharmaceuticals, uh, paints, and inks as a stabilizer, binder, and moisturizing agent. The leaves can also be cooked and eaten as a vegetable um, and apparently have some, like, thickening mucilage in them, sort of like okra mm. again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the oil can be more shelf-stable than other cooking oils due to its antioxidant content, Um when the seeds are processed into oil, the, the byproduct meal is often used as a, as a livestock
1: feed. Yeah, um, I think I said a, probably on a previous podcast about how when this whole quarantine first started, I was really into this stir-fried eggplant dish. Mm. So good, mm-hmm. so spicy, mm. but it, it involves toasting sesame seeds and sesame oil. And it's so delicious. <laughs> I Love it so much.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, now I just uh, now I want to go. Oh, actually, now I just want to go make dumplings. I was going like always. Yeah, yeah. My little homemade dumpling <laughs> sauce has a good good punch of sesame oil and sesame seeds in it. So,
1: ooh, homemade dumpling sauce.
0: Oh yeah, it's so easy.
1: I'm going to have to hit you up about that later. (laughs)
0: Just vinegar, soy, uh, uh, like chili paste. I mean, you have to get the proportions right. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, we'll work it out. We'll work it out. (laughs) I fall down in that area a lot, so I'm going to need your help. Um, So what about the nutrition?
0: Uh, Sesame seeds are nutritionally dense. Uh, They contain a lot of protein in addition to those fats, which are largely good fats, uh, plus a good smattering of minerals and other micronutrients. Um, Whole, they are a good source of fiber as well, Um, so they will fill you up and help keep you going. Eat a vegetable. Always. Always (laughs) eat a vegetable, yeah. Um, The oil and some of the compounds in it are being tested uh, for stuff like anti-inflammatory and anti-cancer effects, Uh, but... As always, (laughs) our bodies are complicated. More research is needed before ingesting a medicinal dose of anything. You know, check with a medical expert who is not us.
1: Wow. Two of our sayings back to back. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to count for something.
0: (laughs) Everyone, get out your bingo card.
1: (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We do have some numbers for you.
0: We do. Uh, a pound of sesame seeds equals about fifteen thousand seeds.
1: Wow! I used to be really good at those games where you know they'd have the the jar. Oh, and you and guess. To, yeah, yeah, but I, it's because I would count. The oh, outer like, a, ring like a layer, sure, and then multiply it uh-huh. and then do the same. I don't think I could do that with sesame seeds.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it would be you would have to have a lot more patience or like visual. <laughs> Acuity than I do.
1: It's a superpower. I don't have it, but <laughs> it's possible that it exists. <laughs> uh, as of
0: 2015, uh, global production per year was about 4.4
1: million tons of sesame seed and growing. Wow. Um, Myanmar, China, and India are some of the world's largest producers.
0: As of 2011, uh, about 70% of the world's crop was grown in Asia um, and another 26% in Africa. So very little in um, Europe and North America mm-hmm. uh, or the Americas in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, of that crop, Japan and Turkey import the most.
1: And these numbers are a bit older, but the U.S. imported about 40,000 tons of sesame seeds and 2,200 tons of sesame oil in 1997. And I would highly suspect that it it has gone up since then. Yes. Yes. According to Mental Floss, McDonald's purchases 75% of Mexico's sesame seed crop for their burger buns. Wow. Yeah. And I... We're going to talk about this a little bit later, but I hadn't realized that not all McDonald's burger buns have the sesame seeds. Oh, yeah. Some of them.
0: Right, right, right. It's, yes. it's that special Big Mac thing. Um, mm-hmm. oh, uh, the selling price for sesame seeds is about double that of sunflower seeds or soybeans, but um, far less can be produced, especially in uh, the Americas and Europe. Meaning that it has not been widely developed as a cash crop in these places, uh, where it has been introduced more recently,
1: yes, um, and it does have a very interesting and storied history. <laughs> it
0: does, and oh, yeah, places where it was introduced not recently, um it goes mm-hmm. way back. Um, and we are going to get into that.
1: but first, we're going to get into a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit pronamel.com.
2: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer-founded, queer-run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride Twenty Four collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit TomboyX.com.
3: This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect.
1: And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, yes, sesame seeds have a long history and are perhaps one of the oldest cultivated crops in existence and one of the first cultivated seed oils because, yes, it did have a lot of oil. It was very sought after mm-hmm. because of that. Ancient Babylonians and Assyrians used the oil from the seeds as far back as 4,000 years ago where it was prized in part because it was seen as a, quote, survivor crop. Um the seeds are believed to have originated on the Indian subcontinent, or perhaps not. Still some debate around that, especially uh-huh. because there's some real confusion around the origin of the name. Uh, it could have also originated in more than one place at different times, as always. That's a possibility. mm uh-huh. The oldest seeds archaeologists have discovered to date were found in what is now Pakistan and are thought to be somewhere between 4,000 and 4,600 years old. From this, historians think that these seeds spread to Mesopotamia by 2000 BCE and that Egyptians were pressing the seeds for oil and grinding them for flour by 1500 BCE. Uh, Yeah, there's there's a little bit of
0: confusion in a lot of these dates because... They're old, and some of the first records that we do have are these trading records from right around, like, like 2000 BCE.
1: Yes. The oil may have also been used as oil for lamps, um, in cosmetics, medicinally, as an insecticide, uh, various other things like that. Simple versions of tahini probably debuted pretty early on, too. Future episode. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, but, yeah, that probably came pretty early on. Sesame seeds may have been used in Hindu rites and ceremonies in India since ancient times and may have also symbolized immortality. It's unclear when exactly the seeds arrived in China, but they were well-known and grown by 200 BCE there. Chinese varieties of sesame seeds spread throughout Central Asia along the Silk Roads. Sesame seeds were probably in Rome by 30 CE, Records show that people in Sicily were sprinkling the seeds on food items in the 1st century CE. Um, while not too many records exist, it was an important crop for a variety of reasons in the Middle East, East Africa, and India, going back to ancient times. Now, the phrase, open sesame, <laughs> is thought to come from 1,001 Nights, and specifically Alibaba and the 40 Thieves— And there is a lot of historical confusion about when these tales were first written, because I was just trying to find a date to put on this. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, pretty much, oh, no, is the answer. Um, But historians think they were first compiled in the 8th century, with other stories being added in following centuries. People think open sesame refers to either the fact that the seeds open at the lightest touch when mature, or the popping sound the seed makes when it opens, kind of like a lock. Opening up. Okay. And reportedly, (laughs) the name for Sesame Street comes from Open Sesame 2, meaning an opening up of curiosity and knowledge. And I could not resist. I know we're a food show, but I couldn't resist it. I had to know because I've never thought about it, I've never thought about the name. So, according to the Sesame Street website, <laughs> it was the idea of writer Virginia Schoen, and pretty much everyone hated it, <laughs> um, thinking that it would be tough for children to pronounce, but they were running out of time. So, one of the executive producers sent out a memo that read, if nobody comes up with a better idea, as of Monday, we were going to call it Sesame Street. We went with it because it was the least bad title. Wow. Huh. <laughs> um, in the words of Kermit the Frog, you know, like Open Sesame, it kind of gives the idea of a street where neat stuff happens. Oh. No, I don't have a Kermit the Frog impression. Oh, me and neither. I would butcher it if I tried it right now, and that's not what's going to happen today. No,
0: no, you no, you you don't have to do that. Uh, everyone has a has a Kermit in their head and a Kermit in their heart, and I feel like they can they can imagine. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, I had always assumed that open sesame w- was not related to the seeds in any way, but was rather kind of like a like a pun or like a play on like open sesame. Oh. Like, oh, that's what I always assumed.
1: Oh. Well, that's pretty clever, Lauren. I know I didn't. ever put that together. I just... But 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 apparently
0: it was I don't know, like. I, I have no idea. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, maybe the listeners will have contradicting facts, but that's what I uncovered.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. That's the same thing that I read as well, because I was like, really? And then the internet was like, yeah. So,
1: yeah, there sometimes, you go. Sometimes the answer's... Simpler than you expect. It happens very rarely here, but sometimes. Yeah, I
0: feel like usually the answer
1: is like, well, that's a little bit of a pun, but... Yeah. <laughs> Not quite a good one. <laughs> Not always. <laughs> Colonists and enslaved peoples introduced sesame seeds to the New World uh, pretty much as soon as they arrived. To this day, sesame seeds are cultivated and used in some Latin American countries, Thomas Jefferson might have grown them on some test plots, and he called them benne or benne seeds, probably because he was introduced to them through enslaved peoples. Benne is a West African word for sesame seeds. Um, apparently, he was really enamored with them, with sesame seeds and sesame seed oil. Mm-hmm. He thought it was a fine substitute for expensive Italian olive oil. And I went on a really deep dive on taxes around this time and why certain products were taxed. And I I didn't put it in here, but it's complicated. (laughs) But he was looking for... A cheaper
0: alternative to... Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. Um, And he really, really wanted to succeed in growing them. Over the first three years, though, he got uh, about a gallon of oil and two or three bushels of seeds. He did continue to grow them, but really didn't have much success. Um, Some in the state of South Carolina attempted to grow it on an industrial scale in the 1700s. At the time, oil production was incentivized. Again, there was a lot of tax stuff going on. I learned a lot about growing indigo in South Carolina, Um, but nothing much came of the sesame seed growing there. The first known written instance of Binet, used in the English language, appeared in 1746. In South Carolina, in the 1820s and 30s, American doctors suggested a drink made of bené leaves for the summer complaint. Um, An 1847 cookbook called The Carolina Housewife came with a recipe for bené soup reminiscent of the African soup. Widows of Confederate soldiers raised money by selling B'nai treats, and Mrs. Eleanor Williams and her family started selling binet wafers, squares, sticks, and brittle in South Carolina around 1908. By 1950, folks could buy little bags of South Carolina Binet wafers at Macy's in New York. Hmm. It wasn't until the 1930s that sesame seeds were introduced to the U.S. on a larger scale, Due to the finicky nature of most available cultivars um, when it comes to mechanical harvesting, domestic production never really took off. However, a mutant, non-shattering sesame seed was discovered in 1943, which led to progress in terms of sesame cultivars and production. The first commercial production began in the 1950s, after these discoveries,
0: uh, yeah, yeah, uh, like I said earlier, um, those pods will naturally break open uh, right on the plant um, when the pods are very ripe, and so this development of this of this new variety that does not pop open and spill the useful part of the plant that you want to eat all over the ground
1: was aces, just just real good. It does not open sesame. It does not. Mm. also non-shattering mutant, another superhero possibility here. (laughs) Um, And this coincides with the first known written reference to the sesame seed buns from a 1955 article about food chain Bob's Big Boy. McDonald's though popularized this practice when it introduced the Big Mac in 1968 and listed the ingredients in a nationwide television ad campaign including a, quote, sesame seed bun. And I read a lot of articles about this, and no one seems to be quite sure the exact reasoning for adding them, if it was a texture thing. I personally think it was a visual thing. Yeah. And to make it, like, kind of stand out a bit more and seem a bit fancier. Yeah, I would agree. But but they didn't ask
0: me at the time, because I... didn't exist yet so because i well (laughs) that's
1: what you say oh heck
0: (laughs) not in this form at any rate
1: (laughs) legend goes that the everything bagel which is the bagel coated with dried onion and garlic salt and poppy and sesame seeds sometimes other things are added in there was invented in new york in either 1979 or 1980 or around that time sometime around there Apparently, the employees at this place were one day cleaning the oven and decided to use all of the fallen off excess toppings instead of discarding them and put them on the bagels. They decided to call it the Everything Bagel. The first known written mention appeared in 1988. Again, they probably just popularized it and gave it a name because there are at least three or four different people laying claim to the Everything Bagel around the same time too, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Trader Joe's started selling their everything but the bagel seasoning in 2017, which I know is a hit.
0: Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I will say that since I shouldn't really have garlic or onion, the sesame seed bagel is my favorite type of bagel. Ooh. Yeah.
1: And we know you got some strong bagel opinions.
0: Strong bagel
1: opinions. Yes. <laughs> Sessico, which is the only significant producer of sesame seeds in the U.S., was established in San Antonio, Texas in 1978.
0: Uh, yeah, they are, um, or I suppose were as of 2013, which is the, the last date that I could find numbers for, the only company actively developing and distributing sesame seed in the United States. Um, they contract these exclusive varieties of seeds to farmers and then uh, take the, the product back and process and market the
1: resulting seeds and oil. Oklahoma started commercially harvesting sesame seeds in 1996, and I'm pretty sure, unless I'm not remembering correctly, Texas and Oklahoma are the big two states, that, and Texas is by far the number one that produce sesame seeds.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but, but Sessico is a, is a national company. They, they work right. with farmers um, everywhere that sesame seed grows. Um, uh, global production of sesame seeds did double from the early 1960s through the early 2000s.
1: I tried to find um, more information about (laughs) why—and I guess the answer could always be so simple as people like it, but I was trying to get into the history of why uh, sesame seeds are involved in sushi and, um, like, the history of desserts, like, Asian sesame desserts, and I Mm -hmm. really couldn't find much. So if if you listeners have any knowledge or information about that, please—
0: yeah, yeah. Or I, I suspect that it might come up if we manage to do deep dives into any of those dishes that sometimes incorporate that ingredient. But um, but yeah, I feel like I haven't run across it in prior episodes that we've done that would have touched on it. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if As always, if anyone has any any information, please write in.
1: Yes, and speaking of, that's what we have to say about sesame seeds for now, but we do have some listener mail for you. We do, but first we've got one more quick break for a
0: word from our sponsor.
1: This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Visit Pronamel.com.
2: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop.
3: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Ready? Let's go.
4: Give me a vacation. Vacation!
1: And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with this. Fistner... Snow <laughs> Did you play popcorn as a kid? D- play oh. popcorn? So, no. <laughs> there are two versions of popcorn. There's one you play in class where you pop, you have to read something in the textbook and then you pop corn to someone else and they have to start reading and you would cheat and you'd read like two words and then you'd pop corn so I don't know why that was (laughs) a thing but then the other version was you'd get in you'd be on a trampoline and you'd wrap your your arms around your knees and you try to not come out of that position as people tried to bounce you out oh yeah like a corn yeah
0: yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, I've done Mm -hmm. that on a on a trampoline I'm not sure if we oh no I I guess we would have called it that yeah my uh oh, oh so some of the some of the theater communities around Atlanta will will use um uh, uh finger snaps um oh. during during like like feedback like audience feedback as uh, mm-hmm. as a type of popcorn um in order to just kind of be like oh man yeah i agree with that
1: <laughs> i like it yeah. i like the sound of a good snap yeah <laughs> um, Wayne wrote, I'm a northerner, grew up in Indiana, 25 years in New England now, but Southern food, along with Tex-Mex, is comfort. I was a fan of pimento cheese before traveling to Oxford, Mississippi. Years ago, my company sent me down to Southern Foodways Alliance, (SFA) to scope out requirements for a revamped website. John T. Edge was a gracious host, and the other people on his team were similarly delightful and brilliant. I wanted to have some biscuits and gravy, fried chicken, and Pim cheese. They delivered on all. I was sent home with a cookbook, but I don't bother with it except for fun bathroom reading. (laughs) Um, I know the essentials and my recipe. Southerners would surely say you must use Duke's mayo, not so easy to find where I live. But when I find it during travels, I bring home many jars. And during my wife's consternation that I'm hoarding, she doesn't understand. An important Hmm. angle that you must pursue should you take on this food topic is the case of the Master's Golf Course Lost Recipe. Ooh. Yeah. Iconic part of going to the Master's is their Pim Cheese Sandies. As I recall, one guy was doing it for decades, then either left or lost the vendor lease, and his recipe went with him. Duh. One board member had a quart of it in the freezer. And as the story goes, they used that with the next vendor to try to match the famous recipe. And if I'm not mistaken, (laughs) this happened again. The second vendor departed, was fired, uh, and the golf club still didn't own the recipe. Uh I could add commentary, but you two are too nice to endure my expletive-filled thoughts on this. (laughs) Not a golfer myself, and don't think highly of the exclusivity of the golf course and Masters Tournament. Well, I, my family loves pimento cheese. It's kind of like a really special occasion food. I had no idea about this golf connection. Hmm. Funnily enough, I uh, was in marching band and our band director loved, loved, loved golf. And I have two golf memories with this. One, my parents volunteered at the Masters for marching band. On my behalf, I was supposed to go, but I got very, very sick. Oh. Uh, and to this day, my family thinks I faked it, which I didn't. I was really sick, but apparently it was a miserable experience volunteering <laughs> to the Masters. And then the other one was we did like a—our band was really small. I had like 30 members, and I felt very bad, so I was showed up to these things. Um, we had a golf charity fundraiser and it was me and one of my band director's friends and my band director and a friend of mine and I it was supposed to be like how far can you hit it that's how much money you'll raise and I couldn't I could just like barely knock it off oh. <laughs> I think people gave me money out of pity uh, <laughs> but anyway yes Pomino cheese John T. Edge, uh, super producer Dylan and I met him at a SFA event It was very lovely. So yeah, would love to talk about banana cheese.
0: yeah, I, I i've been I've been kind of going like like, is there enough to do a whole episode on it? As with many um, kind of spreads and sandwiches and related topics, I'm sort of like, can we talk for like half an hour about this thing? I, think I mean, so. I know many people who can and will talk for half an hour about it, but like <laughs> conversationally. Um, right. <laughs> uh, because Just it is. Get me
1: going on my golf memories, and
0: <laughs> It is quite a big deal here. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't think I'd ever heard of pimento cheese until I moved to Atlanta. But yeah.
1: Yeah. I think we can do it, we can find a way.
0: We. <laughs> Mento cheese always finds a way. It's true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Caitlin wrote, adobo in a slow cooker involves all the everything you want to adobo. I prefer chicken thighs. Uh, Equal parts water, soy sauce, and vinegar to almost or barely cover what you're cooking. Uh, Flipping and basting can be done, but it's extra work. Uh, Usually, I use a third cup of each base on four thighs, um, because I do use the excuse of basting and flipping to go check on my food and get the warm, fuzzy feeling. Um, Then, optional, garlic, black peppercorns, and bay leaves, all in amounts that just feel right. This is a recipe based on feel. I never can get real measurements from the family. I try asking and my Lola will just hold her hand out with the ingredients like this much. Throw it together in a slow cooker for the day, six hours minimum, or pressure cooker if in a hurry it gets tender but not as fat melty. Make some coconut rice with one cup rice, one can coconut milk. Um, if you think of it, take the fat out and, uh, and use the, 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 the can to measure the water and then add regular water to make up the difference for the liquid that you need. It might be half a cup, it might be a whole cup. I usually go for equal parts rice and water after washing it, since I can never get all the water out from washing in the cooker insert, but my brother-in-law says measuring with your finger works too. Touch the top of the rice, and the water should reach your first knuckle. This does take longer in my rice cooker, and I never learned to make rice on the stove. Stole my mom's cooker when I moved out because I like the color. When the rice is done, pull out that meat and broil for yummy, crispy skin. So I made this. Oh yeah?
1: Um, yeah? Yes. How did it, it turn was out? So easy. Oh yeah. It so good. Oh. And it tasted so good. The only thing I didn't do, um I couldn't find chicken thighs with skin, so I didn't get the crispy yummy skin. Oh. Um, uh-huh. I put jalapenos in mine because of course I did.
0: Of course you did. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> and then whole garlic cloves. Oh yeah. Oh. oh wow. Yeah. I wanna go, I wanna go. Make this immediately. That sounds amazing.
1: It, the smell was fantastic. I I agree. I was I would find myself going over there to baste it too. Just to be like, <laughs> oh, I better go check on it. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, it was such a like simple but delicious uh, and easy recipe. And we've gotten a couple more recipes, and I'm working my way through them. So, huh?
0: This is excellent. Very
1: very exciting.
0: Good research.
1: Good research. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, we love it when you send recipes listeners. Please keep those coming. (laughs) Um, And thanks to both of these listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com.
0: We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod, and we do hope to hear from you. Savor is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way.
1: This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressings, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone.
0: Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing.
1: Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com.
2: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer-founded, queer-run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico.
1: Puerto Rico is home to a thriving culinary scene based on products and traditions from the native Taino, African, and Spanish peoples that have influenced it.
0: When you go, there are a host of restaurants, bars, breweries, distilleries, farms, and coffee houses to dig into, from five star experiences to local favorites.
1: No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.
2: Zumo Play.